uh, there where you're standing, if we can just lift our hands this morning. Uh, the lifting of our hands is a simple act of surrenderance. And let us go before him in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time that you've allowed us to come and worship the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, Father. Lord, I pray that you would open every ear and every mind, every heart to receive the word that you have placed in within my heart, that I would not preach of my name, but I would preach of the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, that you would guide me with the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would understand and that we would realize the times that we are living in, my God, and that you, would, you have called a church, you have called a people to bring much fruit for the kingdom of God, fruit that will remain, my God. Lord, I pray that I know there are gifts and talents within this place. Lord, I pray and I also know, Lord, that your return is soon. Father, speak to our hearts this morning. For you alone deserve all the honor and all the glory. The church says amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand once more uh, this morning? If you have your Bibles, if we can go to the Gospel of John this morning. John chapter 15, there starting in verse 1. Very familiar verses to us. Um, and this is Jesus speaking. And he makes a few statements here in the Gospel of John in the 15th chapter, and I Believe that this is what God has not just spoken to me within my personal life or within my personal ministry, but I believe for the church of today. Can we say amen to that this morning? Uh, as I was in time in prayer and fasting a, a few days throughout the new year, uh, God had brought me, the Spirit brought me to these verses, and I believe this is a, uh, a message uh, for the church this morning. Uh, are we there this morning? John chapter 15, they're starting uh, in verse 1. And when you are there, you can indicate it with an amen. And Jesus speaks these words and he says, I am the true vine. Can you say this morning that Jesus is the true vine? Let's try that one more time. Jesus is the true vine. Jesus says, my, and my father is the vine dresser, verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you and the branches, as the branches cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine so neither can you unless you abide in me. And then verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I know this morning, apart from Jesus' church, we can do nothing. Let us pray once more this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you again that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Father, I pray that if there is any sickness in this place, I pray that you would begin to bring healing upon that body. Maybe some come with a broken heart or maybe even with questions or doubts or fears within their lives. Lord, I pray that we would find that answer 
this morning. And as believers, we know that that answer is only found in one man, the man of Jesus Christ. We say this in your son's name, amen and amen. You may have your seats this morning. I am the true vine. Jesus speaks here in the gospel of John, the 15th chapter. And I like how Jesus, before he says anything else, he makes that statement and he says, I am the true vine. Have me know this morning that Jesus is the true vine. Can we say amen to that? Uh, maybe you've come to learn that you have tried the things of this world, but there is only one man that can satisfy our lives, and that man is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Can somebody say amen today? And Jesus says here in John chapter 15, and he says, I am the true vine. He is our source. This morning for a few minutes, I want to speak on that subject that we must be connected to the source. Uh, for uh, quite a, a while now, uh, as I began to preach, I always try to find a common ground on how I can connect uh, the congregation uh, to the messages that I like to preach or the messages that God gives me within my heart. And as I was preparing this message, I, I was saying, Lord, what is something that everybody can understand on being connected to something? Uh, and as I was kind of there at my desk, I was kind of just kind of looking around, and there I saw my cell phone. Raise your hand if you have a cell phone this morning. It's not a sin, amen? Uh, it's a sin maybe if you turn it on right now or if you're on it. I'm just kidding. But we all have cell phones, and... Sometimes the first thing that we do uh, before we go to sleep is we connect our phone to what? The charger. Uh, some of us, like myself, we forget and we wake up and our phone is dead and our alarm didn't go off and we're late to wherever we need to be. But this morning I want to speak on that, that we must be connected to Jesus Christ. Can we say amen to that this morning? And Jesus says those very words here in the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John. And he says, I am the true vine. And I'm here to tell you, church friends, that before we bear any fruit, we must understand who we must be connected to. And that is Jesus. Before we bear any fruit, we must understand that he is our source. There is no other source that we can be connected to but the man of Jesus Christ. You can try the things of this world. You can try drugs. You can try alcohol. You can try pornography. But those things will keep a void in your life. But there's only one man, the man of Jesus Christ. And he is the hope of this world. Can somebody say amen this morning? There is a world dying out there searching for answers, church. The incident that just happened this past week with this school shooting in Florida. The things that we see going on within this world. You can turn on the news this very day and you see everything that is going on this, in this world. And this world is searching for answers. But as believers we know that that answer is only found in Jesus. The source of our life. 
And Jesus says in Scripture, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Education, your job, your physical appearance, they can't take place of the Lord. Jesus must be first in your life. Can you say amen to that? It is in him we find life. It is only in him that we find purpose. It is only in him that we find peace. It is only in him that we find hope, church. Maybe this morning you come with questions in your life. Maybe this morning you come with doubts or fears or even concerns. But I'm here to tell you that there's a man today that can meet your need there where you are at. And his name is Jesus. And he's won our battles already on the cross of Calvary. Jesus is the true vine. You see, after he makes that statement and he says, I am the true vine. And then he says these very words. He says, but my father is the vine dresser. You may ask yourself, brother Mark, what is a vine dresser? Simply those are the workers that prunes the vines. I recall a few years ago I had the opportunity to minister in California. And if you've ever been in the state of California, you will see a lot of vineyards, a lot of farms that they grow the grapes. And as I would travel throughout that state, that's all you would see along the highway is vineyards. Uh, Here in the state of Texas, we don't see that much. We see a lot of cows uh, and cows and more cows. But as you would travel through the state of California, you would see and you would recognize the workers there in the vineyards. And if you've ever been to California and if you've ever seen this, you will come to understand and you will see that these men, these women, that the vine dressers, the workers of the fields, they have a pair of scissors within their hands and they are there pruning the vine. Simply pruning simply means that they cut off things that are in the way in order to bear more grapes. And I'm going to ask this morning for a volunteer. I'm going to ask Brother George if he can come. I won't embarrass you, brother, I promise. But Brother George this morning will represent our vine. Amen. And I'm going to ask him if he can just lift both hands this morning. And I'm going to be the vine dresser. I'm going to be the worker that is there pruning the vine. Remember, Jesus says that he is what? The true what? The true vine. And he says, my father is what? The vine dresser. So I want this this morning to illustrate that this is us, that as we come to this altar, just like some of y'all did this morning, that when you come to this altar, we are there worshiping with our hands lifted high. And I believe at times God will come and search for the fruit that we are producing. How many fruit producers do we have this morning? Any disciples that are producing much fruit for the kingdom of God? And we are here at this altar with our hands raised, and I think and I can imagine that God comes and he begins to to come and look at our vine to see if we're bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. Remember, Jesus says that the Father is the vine 
dresser. And I believe sometimes that when we come to this altar, God begins to speak to our lives. And he says, you know, maybe some of these friends need to be cut off in order to bear more fruit. Can I preach that this morning? Maybe there are times where God speaks to our lives and say, well, let's look at this relationship. This is in the way of bearing more fruit. And can I go a little deeper? There are some times where there, there sometimes we are in godly relationships. The person that we're with, the person that we are in a relationship, they're God-fearing people, but at times, sometimes those can be in the way of bearing more fruit for the kingdom of God. And God is there, and we have our hands lifted high, and he's beginning to prune our lives in order to bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. And church, I understand and I have realized that sometimes that process is not easy. I've seen it within my own life, within my own testimony. As I began to begin my ministry over seven years ago, as I began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I've learned one thing, church, that when you begin to increase in the things of God, the things around you begin to decrease. Let me say that one more time. When you begin to increase in the things of God, the circle, the circle around you begins to decrease. And God is there and he's pruning our lives and we sometimes say, Lord, I don't know if I can let that go. I don't know if I can let that relationship go. I don't know if I can let those friends lo no, uh, go. But how many know that when we stand before a holy God, we will give an account to our lives, to our deeds and for the things that we have done. Your friends won't be there. Your parents won't be there. Your pastor won't be there. Your elders won't be there. It would only be you and a holy God. Oh, and I pray that I pray that we would hear those famous words, church. Well done, good and faithful servants. Can we give Brother George a hand this morning? Thank you, brother. And Jesus says those words. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And sometimes we see people follow God for a while. Sometimes you see those that are on fire for Jesus Christ. They come to church every Sunday. They come to church Sunday night. But sometimes we don't see them anymore. But I think at times that when we... Uh, begin, when God begins to prune our lives, sometimes that is the process that we give up. And I think that's a word, the word commitment is hard to come by nowadays. Statistics say in the United States that over 50% of marriages, what happens? They end in divorce. That also means that over 50% of our young people come from a broken home. And as the, as the youth director of our national youth ministry, that breaks my heart, church. Knowing that this generation of young people are searching for answers. This generation of young people don't know what that word commitment means. Oh, but I believe, oh, do but I believe that God is still raising up a people that will be committed to the calling of Jesus Christ. Can we say amen to that this morning? 
We must be a people that are committed to the things of God. Even though that when the process comes, that when God begins to prune our lives, when God begins to take things from our lives, cut off friends, cut off relationships, cut off certain things, we must be committed to those things that God has called us to do. Even though it may be an inconvenience to us, God is looking for commitment. And Jesus says those words, I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. And we see there in verse 3 of the 15th chapter, he says this, you are already clean because of, the, because of the word of which I have spoken to you. I'm sure you know, church, but I'm here to remind you that if you open this book, if you open the word of the living God, things will begin to change in your life. When you begin to read and when you begin to study the scriptures of Jesus Christ, things began to clean in your life. Jesus said, you are already clean because of the word of which I have spoken to you. Oh, and I pray that I pray that every time you have the opportunity to come to this church, that you would hear the word of the living God. The book of Malachi says that there is a book of remembrance. And that book of remembrance will be open on that great day that when you stand before a holy God. Everything you've heard, every message that you have heard within your ears, everything you've seen, everything that you have touched, one day you will be accountable for those very things, church. God says, Jesus says that you are already clean because of the word of which I have spoken to you. We see there in verse 4, Jesus says that abide in me and I in you as much as the branches bear fruit. You, you cannot unless you, unless you abide in me in the vine. So neither you unless you abide in me. We must abide in the name and in the person of Jesus Christ. And I love what verse 5 says. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me. We, you, we can do nothing. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to minister at a church. And as I was going to the church, I was already running a little late uh, that evening. And as I was driving to the church, it was there in my hometown in San Marcos. There is a basketball court in the middle of the neighborhood where the church is. And as I was driving to the church, I kind of glanced at the basketball court, and there I saw an old classmate. His name is Michael. And as I was driving by that basketball court, I heard the Spirit say, Mark, you need to stop and see how this classmate is doing. And I told myself, I told God, I said, God, I'm already running late to church. I cannot be late anymore. But I've learned also that if you, it's one thing to hear God's voice, but it's another thing to be obedient. Can we say amen to that? Maybe there are some people here this morning that God has spoken to you already, but you have not yet been obedient to that voice. And so that afternoon, that evening, I was obedient to God's voice, and I stopped my vehicle there 
by that basketball court, and I was there in some slacks and a jacket. And I remember uh, walking to the basketball court, and he was there shooting the basket. And he looked at me, and he goes, Mark, is that you? I hadn't seen this young man in over five or six years. I said, Michael, how are you doing? This man looked at me straight in the eye, and he began to cry. He says, Mark, you have no idea what is occurring in my life right now. And I said, Michael, you know, to be honest with you, God just told me to stop by and see how you are doing. And Michael began to cry, church. He began to share a few things with me that was going, that was going on within his life. And that afternoon, I simply led Michael to Jesus. All because I heard the voice of God. And as I was going to leave from that basketball court, Michael said, Mark, can I tell you something? I said, sure. What's up? He goes, I don't know what it is, but there's something different about you. And I said, Michael, it's not about me, but it's about a man by the name of Jesus. And now this very day, Michael attends that very church that I preached at that evening. And he is being discipled by the leaders of that congregation. Not because of, my church, uh, because of myself, church, but because when you abide in the name, when you abide in the person of Jesus Christ, things begin to happen. Can you say amen to that? That when you begin to find that secret place within prayer, within fasting, things begin to happen within your lives, and God begins to use your life, not for your own glory, but for the glory of the name of Jesus. Verse 5 says that we must bear much fruit for the kingdom of God, for apart from him, we can do nothing. If you have your Bibles, we can go to Galatians this morning. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And this simply talks about walking by the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and verse 23. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, there are any joyful people in the house this morning? Peace. Patience. Sometimes we need help with that one. Amen. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I'm going to re read that one more time. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. The fruit of the spirits. Are there people here this morning that have love in their lives, that have joy, that have peace, that have patience, that have kindness, goodness, faith, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? These are the things that people need and should see in your lives. I've learned that sometimes that if you have hate, and most of the time if you have hate within your lives, what's going to happen? What are you going to produce? 
hate. If you have an attitude within your life, what are people going to see in your life? Help us, Lord. If you have bitterness within your life, what are you going to produce? Bitterness. If you have those things and that is what is in your inner body, that is the outer fruit, church, that you will produce. Oh, but if you have that love, if you have that joy, if you have that peace, if you have that kindness, that goodness, that faithfulness, that gentleness, that self-control, those are the things that you will produce, church. And I believe that that is what Michael saw that very day. That as I was walking away from that basketball, that basketball court, he said, Mark, there's something different about you. And as I told him, it's not about me, but it's about the name of Jesus. This morning, church, I want to encourage you that we must bear fruit for the kingdom of God. That as this new year continues within our lives, there are times where God will come and he will begin to prune things off your life. He will begin to cut off things from your life. Young people that are here, listen to me carefully. I believe that if you are following the crowds of today, there's a great chance that you are going the wrong way. Can we say amen to that? When you begin to increase in the things of God, the circle around you will begin to decrease. Three things I want to encourage, I encourage you to write these down this morning. The first thing is that we must continue to abide in him. We must continue to abide in Jesus Christ. The second thing is that we must bear fruit for the kingdom of God. I believe this year of 2018, God is wanting his church to bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. Abide in him, bear much fruit, and we must stay connected to the vine. Abide in him, bear much fruit, and stay connected. Everything that is in the vine is in the branches. Church, if you are connected to Jesus, this world will see Jesus in you. If you are connected to the man of Jesus Christ, young people, your classmates will see Jesus in you. If you are connected to the true vine, your coworkers will see hope in you. That hope is found in Jesus. This morning, I'm going to ask you if you can stand today. And with the permission of the pastor, I want to make two altar calls this morning. Yesterday, we had a blessed time here at the Winter Summit here in Kingsway Church. And Alanis, a member of this church, as a young person, she did a great job in bringing the word of God. Can we give her a hand this morning? And I say that for this reason. Because I know that I know that Kingsway Church is bearing much fruit for the kingdom of God. And this morning, the first altar call that I want to make is I want to invite every young person that is in this place. I want to invite you to this altar. 
Every young person, every young adult that is represented in this place, I invite you at this time to come quickly to this altar. God has been stirring up my heart these past two months in this new year. And I want to say this to you, church. That some say that young people are the church of tomorrow. But I believe that young people are the church of today. And this morning as I look at these faces, as I look at these young women and these young men that are represented here before me, can I tell you something, young people? I see future preachers before me. I see missionaries before me. I see evangelists before me. I see Sunday school teachers before me. I see worship leaders before me for one purpose. And that is to, fill, to fulfill the great commission that God has called the church. This morning, I'm going to ask the congregation if they can extend their hand this morning to this altar. And I'm going to ask if some of the elders, if Brother Gano can come, and I'm going to ask if he can anoint these young people this morning. In the name of Jesus. And young people, I simply just want to say a prayer over you. Church, these young people today, they are facing things that we can never imagine. For those that know, or for those who may not know, my father, he is an assistant pastor. He's been an assistant pastor for over 40 years. But he's also a teacher. And he's been teaching for 40 years. This year will be his 41st year as a teacher. And there are times where I will go visit my parents and I will have lunch or dinner with my dad and I will ask him, Dad, how is school going? And he will share these words with me. He says, Mark, you know, the young people today, they are not facing what you used to face when you were in school. If there are any parents here today, if there are any grandparents here today, I want to encourage you, never stop praying for your children. It is because of the prayers of my parents that I stand here this day before you preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So young people, this morning I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. If you can just lift your hands today. Don't focus who is next to you. Don't focus who is on the left or to the right of you. But focus on one man, the man of Jesus. Father God, I pray this morning, Father, for every young man, every young woman that is here at this altar. Lord, you know their questions within their lives. You know the temptations that they face daily that as they step on that campus. You know the purpose. You know the, the, the hope, the future that you have for every young man, every young woman that is here. Lord, I pray that you would extend your hand and that you would touch them today. From the crown of their head and to the soles of their feet. That you would anoint their lives, my God. That they would be a mouthpiece for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. 
and that you would fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit. That as Acts 1.8 says, that we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us for one purpose, to be your witness, my God. Lord, I pray that as they step on their campuses Monday, Lord, that you would encamp them with your angels, that you would protect them every step they take that as they enter their campuses. But Lord, I also pray that as they step on their campus, I pray that they would be that light into darkness. I pray that this generation of young people would be fruitful for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that these young people would be true disciples of your name. That at times, Lord, you will come into our lives and you will begin to prune our lives. At times, young people, God will begin to take friends away from you. At times, God will speak to our lives that we need to get away from these certain people. We must cut off this relationship, but that is only because God is wanting to take you to a higher level. Bless these young people, Father. Just begin to speak to him, young people. In the name of Jesus, we praise you, Lord.